Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Balance Virtually provides full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, and much more. To schedule a consultation with a certified public accountant with over 16 years of experience helping people like you, visit balancevirtually.com. Balance Virtually, your locally owned full-service financial planning service company. Mahogany Bookkeeping provides a full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, sales tax, and much more. To schedule a consultation with Mahogany Bookkeeping, click the buy button on this ad or visit mahoganybookkeeping.com. Hi, this is Yvette Freeman, publisher of The Envoy. If you're a minority or female business owner or creative artist, The Envoy magazine wants to help promote your business. Get listed, get featured, get seen. Visit theenvoyguide.com for more info. Welcome to the Veronica Edwards Show, where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, and I'm excited to be back another week on my show here on Biz Radio Asheville. As always, I would like to thank Matt Matan, the the creator of all great things here, Biz Radio Asheville, and all the listeners. Thank you for continuing to listen. I think I just hit 500 downloads. Whoop, whoop. So today we have our new monthly segment, CPA Chat, with my fellow CPA friend, Ms. Michelle Tross, owner of Michelle Tross CPA, CFE, PLLC. Michelle, you know I'm going to say that every single time <laughs> I introduce you. <laughs> and with CPA Chat, we're going to discuss the financial topics um, that are of interest for for-profit and non-profit small businesses. So Michelle, let's jump in because we got a lot of good stuff and we don't have a lot of time. I know we have a lot to cover, don't we? This is exciting. Yes. So I just want to recap real quick. So last month we introduced the segment and um, we talked a little bit about Michelle's background of over, am I saying right, Michelle, 25 years? Oh my gosh. You're starting to age me. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's about that, maybe a little longer, but it's just between you and I. Right. Well, I'm catching up. I'm looking forward to turning 20. I am 16 years old. Oh, good in for you. the accounting world, but I'm only seven years old with my CPA. Uh, but between the both of us, we have a good amount of experience that we just wanted to relate to the listeners. And last month, just to quickly recap, we talked about best practices that small businesses, regardless if they're for profit or not for profit, should use, which was a separate business account versus a personal account. Uh, monthly reconciliations and review of your financials and keeping all of your receipts for at least three years and keeping all your permanent documents forever. So your um, articles of incorporation um, and tax ID numbers, things of that sort, you want to keep that as long as you're in business. So today on CPA Chat, we'll be discussing the year-end checklist for small businesses going into the new calendar year. And we know that there's a lot of nonprofits that their fiscal year end is June 30th, but this is applicable to all businesses. Um, but of course, we have a focus with us getting into 2022. So Michelle, are you ready to jump in? 
I am. I'm so excited, like I said. And thank you so much for, for that really great introduction. Um, and of course, congratulations to you on all that you've been able to accomplish. That's awesome. Um, and then to add on to, just because it, as you were saying all that, it, it jogged my memory when you were talking about all the receipts and permanent documents that you want to keep. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I also find really helpful, by the way, for folks listening, also keeping all of those NCDOR, the North Carolina Department of Revenue notices, mm. um, and the Secretary of State, like those things are really helpful to also retain permanently that keep your account numbers, um, even from the Department of Commerce Division of Employment Security, you know, all those things. Those those are really handy to keep in, in a permanent file also, just FYI. Sorry. <laughs> great. No, no sorries here. That's great. Great input. So definitely that's something I need to do better about myself personally, some of those notices. <laughs> so keep reminding us of all those good things, Michelle. <laughs> so we're going to go over a few topics. Um And we're going to get started with reviewing your year-end financials and projecting tax liabilities. Um, I'm getting this a lot right now, this time of the year with my clients. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not, uh, I always give people the disclaimer, I'm not a tax CPA, because again, Michelle, everyone thinks if we're CPAs like doctors, we know how to do it all. Right, exactly. It's always always me reminding them too about, you know, people have specialties. (laughs) Yes, yes. So, but I, we do know enough to be dangerous and this is the best time of the year. I honestly recommend people after nine months, uh, Michelle, I don't know about you because I feel like once mm-hmm. you have nine of the 12 months completed, you can have a really good estimate of how you think you're going to end the rest of the year and start projecting your tax liabilities. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. That's a great benchmark. And and it's a really good time too to start thinking and planning about, you know, okay, what's happened so far? What do I think is going to happen the, the last few months of, of my fiscal year? And then starting to think about again, planning for the new year. Yes. I have quite a few people that they want to give bonuses or they want to buy a vehicle. Well, during your project, when you're projecting what you're thinking your tax liability will be, if any, that's the best time to start trying to say, okay, well, I have enough money in the bank. I probably can afford some of these assets or expenses. Um, So Michelle, what is our next topic we're going to talk about? Well, that leads right into like we were just talking about reviewing those goals and maybe, maybe even, you know, projecting or making a budget. I mean, these are really important things. And it's it's a budget I find is some, sadly, you know, sort of an afterthought Yeah, a lot of organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're like, oh, it's December or, you know, January, I've got to plan my budget. Um, and, you know, to be frank and, and candid, <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm in that group. You know, I plan yeah. way too late for that next year's budget. Um, fortunately for me, in a service-oriented business, um, things don't change too terribly much. And I've been thinking all year about the things that I plan to do in the coming year. It's just sort of how my brain works. But for those organizations that are really focused day in and day out on sort of the, the daily grind, if you will, Mm-hmm. You know, stepping back and setting, putting into your calendar, setting aside the time to review, as you said, even nine months in, what's happened so far in my fiscal year? What do I think is going to happen for the next few months? And then what do I want to plan for the coming year? Really stepping back, looking at those revenue goals. What are your net income goals and cash flow goals? Boy, this has like been so hot, right? Ever since mm-hmm. the pandemic hit, it put a real spotlight on cash flow. When all of a sudden businesses were forced to shut down we need to be thinking really seriously about the next crisis and i don't mean to be so you know debbie downer so to right. speak 
But these crises happen on a regular basis. Sometimes they're across the map in a region or across the world, like a pandemic, or sometimes they're just in our own little bubble. Maybe we've had a flood or maybe we've had, um, you know, a a cybersecurity breach or something like we have to be thinking about these crises that are going to uh, impact our business and therefore have a huge cash flow impact. So we have to be thinking about what does cash flow look like and plan and save and put aside maybe even some reserves for these crises. Um, and as you mentioned, even looking at some of those capital fixed asset outlays or purchases, what what do we need? And let's start planning for those and putting those goals in place. And then I, I also love the point about thinking, of, you know, at this time, what does my staffing look like? Yes. We're in the middle of a labor crisis for so oh many reasons. Oh my goodness, yes. Ugh. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's the, you know, salaries and wages uh, issues. It's the do we have enough people wanting to come back to work in a pandemic? We have mm-hmm. a lot of people retiring and resigning and moving on. So there's mm-hmm. so many impacts that are happening to our labor pool that we really need to be spending this time thinking about what are my goals and start putting, you know, those plans in place from a a tactical transactional perspective, right? So put it into the plan. When do I need these things? When do I want to start having those things impact me and backing into all the time that's needed to get those, you know, new hires, uh, interviews, all those things in place and, and set aside those that time that is needed. It's going to take you away from your everyday job. So it's really important to be thinking about these things. Michelle, I can listen to you talk accounting all day long. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm such an accounting nerd. But you're right. I think a lot of times people think you have to have this big week, two week long budget planning session. Just set like an hour out of your day. Don't let it be overwhelming. You can write on a scratch piece of paper. What are your goals? And then from there, involve your staff, involve your management and just start talking some of these things out loud and you'll be surprised what you can accomplish. But those were all amazing points. Definitely when it comes to the cash flow goals. Yeah. And don't forget too, like you said, it's really, it doesn't have to be this long drawn out process, especially for small organizations, right? Mm-hmm. But go back to what I love about accounting. It's about the past and what's currently happening so that we can maybe try to look at what might happen in the future. So if you take the time to go run last year's financials or even this current year's financials or even the year before last to mm-hmm. understand well, what happened in those time periods that might help guide me in what I need to or what I should expect happen in the coming fiscal year. Absolutely. Makes so much sense. And I'm going to piggyback on this next topic on what you said about, you know, new hires and staffing Mm -hmm. is this is definitely the time of the year to make sure you have all of those W-9 signed for your contractors and W-9s go to folks that you're paying more than $600 to in a calendar year. And I know sometimes people get confused like, well, who's a contractor? Who's not a contractor? These are people that are not corporations. You know, they're not an S corp. They're not a C corp. These are folks like myself. I'm a sole proprietor or some partnerships. They would get a W-9. So I just actually, I don't know about you, Michelle, just ordered some 1099s for 2021 because I said, I'm going to practice what I preach. I'm going to order these now. I'm still old school where I print them. <laughs> and I mail them in and I keep copies. Um, so it's in QuickBooks, which is the only software that I use for my clients. They have it to where you can also do these things electronically or print them from there. But it's just so important while it's fresh in your mind, because out of sight, out of mind, you know, I tell people before you even pay anybody, you should get them to fill out the W-9, which just lists their 
tax ID number or their social security number, whatever they're using, their address, where is this 1099 going to get mailed to or whenever I need to contact them. It has basic information. So it's just good now before people start getting away for the holidays that you follow up and make sure that you have all the W-9s that you need. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And people, you know, forget that if I hand somebody, a vendor of mine, a contractor of mine, a W-9, they are legally obligated to complete it and send it back to me. Yes. Yeah. I just want to make sure that people understand it's just, and it asks just for your basic information. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I want to get that information. I even want to make sure that I have that information updated. So once I get a W-9, especially in the pandemic, what I'm finding is a lot of my contractors and vendors are moving Mm -hmm. their business name or business structure for some reason, because business structure is key. We have to have an understanding of what their business structure is. So I encourage clients to also, you know, be diligent about getting Getting them updated every year as much as you possibly can. No, that's a great point. I I was at my son's school and I saw there was like a W nine from ten years ago, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> we might want to update these. So that's a great point. And you know, we talked about the contractor side. But also, if you have employees, this is the time of the year where you might want to pay out a year-end bonus to your team. Or if you did have some type of value, some in-kind gift that you gave to your employees, that needs to be included in payroll. So, Michelle, if you could just touch on that a little bit, because I think this is something a lot of small businesses aren't aware of, more corporations are. But there are times when we do give gifts that are not considered de minimis, which we will talk about, that need to be included in payroll. Yeah, exactly. It's a very gray area because um, thank you to the IRS, IRC (laughs) definition of what's de minimis and what isn't. It can be confusing. And so, uh, you know, all of you listeners out there, you're not alone. What I would say is I try to think of things that are maybe like a value or below and and maybe saying $25 is a little outdated. Maybe I don't know. That's sort of my benchmark in my head. And so if I if I provide, you know, say personal use of, of my employer provided cell phone to my employees. Um, and I know that they're going to be using that for personal use. I mean, I'm not, I'm not tracking that personal use and I'm going to consider that a de minimis benefit. But if I bought, um, you know, hundred dollar gift cards for my employees as a year end bonus, for example, I mean, I think we all get the, I gave them physically a hundred dollars needs to be included on their payroll. But if I gave each one, say a hundred dollar gift card, you know, visa gift card, say for example, you know, some people think, oh, it's a gift card. It wasn't money. So it doesn't have to be included in their payroll. And that's where that's not correct thinking. It yep. does need to be included on their payroll. And $100 is, is more than de minimis and, and needs to be considered and added to the payroll for tax purposes. But, you know, those occasional lunches where I brought in pizza or brought, you know, coffee and donuts, you know, sure. need to worry about those kinds of things. No, that's a great point. Um, I, I've only had it come up once. And to your point, Michelle, it was gift cards and it was a significant amount of gift cards and those needed to be included in payroll. And I was actually pretty impressed with my small business client for them to even know to ask the question. So they were able to get that situated. And then also, Michelle, you brought up a good point. I'm not as familiar with because I don't have as many S corporation clients, but if you are S corp shareholder that owns more than 2% and the business paid their health insurance, don't forget to add that to payroll too. Can you talk a little bit on that? 
Yeah, absolutely. This is a, a benefit. It's um, it's current tax law. So I say current because you and I both know. <laughs> it changes every week. <laughs> it could change. But when I talk to people and uh, entrepreneurs and new business owners, I talk about structure. And one of the benefits of being an S-Corp, one of the several, there, there's a few, um, is this 2% shareholder benefit. So if you are more than a 2% shareholder, which most S corporations mm-hmm. owners, like for example, myself, I'm a hundred percent owner of my S corp. Yep. Um, you know, if the business is paying the health insurance premiums from me as more than a 2% shareholder, I need to at year end, make sure I include the value of that health insurance on my W2, which kind of grosses up my payroll. Mm-hmm. And then on my tax return, it gets deducted. So it's it's a wash, if you will. But yep. you need to remember to include that because of the way the tax you know, returns and the tax forms work. You want to make sure that you include the amount of the health insurance that was paid onto your W-2 for payroll purposes. And so it's, it's just one of those sort of things that people forget. It's really easy to do if you use a payroll service, just call them up. They're familiar with it. Just say, look, you know, my, my significant other and myself are, are you know, 50% each shareholders, we, the business has been paying our health insurance, we need to add this to our W-2, and they will take care of it. It's not additional taxes that you'll pay on that. It just needs to be, you know, noted on the W-2 with that special code. No, that's great. And Michelle, I'm glad that you added too, for all of these adjustments that are being made, as long as you get it in before the end of the calendar year, it can happen, regardless if it took place early in the year, correct? As long as you let your payroll yeah. provider aware. Yes, exactly. But but be careful. Don't call your payroll provider on the 31st of December and say, oh, <laughs> I forgot I need to, you know, it's keeping in mind when your pay your last payroll physically of yep. the year is going to be paid out. Okay, remember that payroll is a calendar cash basis process. So yes. for the IRS and W-2 purposes, it's the last payroll that will be paid to you in the calendar year. So you know, keep in mind what that date is. And it doesn't mean you have to wait for that one. I could right. call my payroll today, for example, and say, okay, don't forget to add in if I know what my health insurance premiums are, add it in now. Yeah. And we encourage that. And that's the reason why we say it's so good, you know, on our first point to do some tax planning two months or so before the end of the year. So you have time to figure out what are all these phone calls that I might need to make? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But don't wait until December 31st, please. (laughs) Yes. So Michelle, I think we have time for just a quick, um, a few more. So um, one thing I definitely want to talk about is accounts receivable cleanup, Michelle. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, accounts receivable cleanup. And oh, by the way, look at your bank statement reconciliations. If you have old outstanding checks, mm-hmm. you know, look at those, especially when you're working in an accounting system, it's easier to get them all cleaned up in this current calendar year. Now, remember, I'm not talking about an invoice that is dated, you know, September, October, or a check that's dated, you know, September or October. Like those are still open, those are still valid, they can still be cashed, those receivables can still be paid, and hopefully all of our listeners out there are staying on top of their accounts receivable for sure. But Mm -hmm. if it's really old, if it's something goes back even to Q1, say this calendar year, and you've tried and tried and tried, and you're not going to collect it, then let's go ahead and create a credit memo, write it off, get that, you know, off into the bad debt expense. Same thing on the balance, I mean, sorry, on the bank state reconciliations. If you've got a check that's from January, you've contacted the vendor, 
They lost that check, reissue a new check and literally void the old check, but get it out of your bank state reconciliation, get it out of your system and clean it all up. So this is a good time, right? To look at these things and clean up. Absolutely. And one of the last key things for those that provide products is you want to conduct a physical inventory. You know, you should be doing physical inventories on a regular basis, but at the minimum, you should be counting all of your inventory before the end of your calendar year. So it's just important because a lot of times we'll use QuickBooks for our financial management system, but we might use Square or PayPal or Shopify to manage our inventory and our sales. And you might be keeping up with the quantity in the system, but you want to make sure by the end of the year that your inventory is accurate. Any comments on that, Michelle? No, that was a great statement. I agree wholeheartedly. It's really important to just take that all important physical count of what you've got on hand uh, right at the year end or January 1st, whatever the case may be. A lot of people count inventory in January 1st. It's our New Year's tradition. (laughs) (laughs) I always remember my days being um, working for PricewaterhouseCoopers and I think I did like 100 inventories and it was always (laughs) December 31st, you know, like those times (laughs) of the year. But just quickly, I just wanted to recap that, you know, we talked about reviewing your year end financials and projecting your tax liabilities, doing your annual budget and goals, you know, for the new year. So key, especially when it comes to cash flow and capital purchases, staying on top of your hiring needs, if it's with W2 employees or if it's with W9 contractors and just making sure that you have all the paperwork necessary to file all of those, um, deadlines that come up the end of January and then just ensuring that, you know, you're staying on top of your bank reconciliations, um, what customers owe you, what vendors still need to cash checks that you provided. <laughs> and um, most importantly, if you do sell products, you have to stay on top of your inventory. I tell people all the time, inventory is just cash on a dresser, <laughs> you know, it's like, it is just like, but you can, it can be thrown away if you can't convert it. You know, you yeah. just don't want to have all this inventory and then it's slow moving or becomes obsolete. So it's very important that we feel like for these few topics, um, you still have time, you know, um, by the time that this airs, there'll be at least two weeks left in the calendar year. So do not hesitate to just get a plan. And like Michelle said, don't wait till December 31st, but you still have enough time um, right now that you can make a difference in your business. Absolutely. Yeah. Great, great points. Yeah. Well, Michelle, we're already just like that to the end of the show. I'm so excited that we were able to get all those um, benefits in because those are key for the end of the year. And any small business um, owners that are listening or people that are part of a small business, we just wanted to share a couple of those jewels for them. And again, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me for our monthly CPA chat. Yes, where we get to be geeks and talk about accounting. Yes, I think this is going to be pretty popular. And again, I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. And please come back next week, same time, same place, 4.30 p.m. on Fridays. And you can stay connected to all things Biz Radio Asheville by going to our site, bizradioasheville.com. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.